Percy, be honest now. Have you ever had moments of memory lapse when in the middle of a conversation or thought? <laughs> oh, boy. I got to fess up my friend and say, absolutely, yes, I have. <laughs> you know, for very brief moments, and, and it's a very strange experience, It Wayne. is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but imagine someone with a brain tumor hmm. who for a period of time lost their short-term memory and then miraculously recovered that ability to live and tell their story. Well, that's what happened to today's guest, and we'll hear from the president of the National Day of Prayer and have her tell her story today here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Come join us now for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Yeah, there's no comparison with a short-term memory loss that we all, you know, have from time to time and the seriousness of a brain tumor. But Kathy will explain all that and what's happened to her here today. Absolutely. And I, I you know, I'm a little familiar with this because my dad had a, a brain injury oh. and lost his short, short-term short memory loss. So, okay. again, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an incredible thing, obviously, to have happen. And that certainly was the case with regard to today's guest that we'll be talking to. And we'll be hearing some amazing things that came out of her journey. Yeah, there's so many different things that can happen. My own wife had a brain tumor uh, a couple of decades ago, and it mm. affected her vision, not her memory, but her vision because it pressed on her optic nerve. So praise God, it was uh, was not malignant and uh, it was taken care of rather sh- in rather short order. So yeah, we're very thankful for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of people go through this. All right. Well, we'll, we'll hear from our guest here in just a few moments on the program today, but good to talk with you again. Great, great to have this opportunity on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Well, it's always good to be in your presence and certainly always good to be able to exhort and encourage uh, the family of God as we continue to declare health, hope, and inspiration, my friend. We are so grateful for our listeners whom we learn from, and we ask you to give us feedback, and you do that. As a matter of fact, we often ask questions on the program, and you have a question this week that fits right in with the interview that's that's coming up in a few moments. (laughs) It does. Uh, We have, uh, uh, from Quincy, Illinois, someone responded to a previous question that we asked on one of our shows, which was, did you keep your cancer diagnosis to yourself and why? And the respondent said this, yes, I did for several months. I was initially ashamed of my diagnosis, which was testicular cancer. And then I was afraid to tell people because I was concerned that some might equate my cancer with punishment from hmm. God. Wow. And so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, Wayne, and many people for many reasons do keep a cancer diagnosis, you know, quiet and secret, uh, and at least initially. And I know even for me, I did not initially tell anyone until I was able to just gather my thoughts and mm-hmm. get my, my emotional and my spiritual footing about me. So there's a lot of reasons why people basically initially do not tell anyone about that. Yeah. Well, thank you for faithfully responding to our questions that we pose each week. Here's the question we're asking today. What has prayer meant to you in a time of crisis? What has prayer Mm -hmm. meant to you in a time of crisis? Let's help out each other with uh, those responses, and we'll share some of those on a future program, no doubt, Percy. Absolutely. And of course, when you give your answer, you can go right to healthhopeandinspiration.com, and you can hit 
the connect button and hit the drop down where you can uh, add your answer and we'll receive those. And as Wayne often says, I read every one of the responses. And so we will uh, we will uh, attempt to try to uh, share some of those as we have time on future shows. Yeah, makes it a two way program. So I, I like that very much. So answer this week's question at health, hope and inspiration dot com. And while you're there, why don't you download the free resource this week? Is this cancer my fault? My goodness, we'll talk more about that in a few moments, but it's available as a free resource at our website. All right, well, let's turn to Scripture before we turn to our interview. Yeah, our spiritual nugget for today is so appropriate for the person that we're going to hear from and from what she represents, even from a professional, vocational, and dare I say ministerial perspective. And it is found in Luke, the 18th chapter, verse number one, very short verse of Scripture, and it says this, And he, being Jesus, spake a parable unto them to this end. He said this, that men or people in general ought always to pray and not faint. Hmm. Men or people ought always to pray. And so that's going to help establish today's conversation. Well, if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer care center, and a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. There are hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix, and they take an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like uh, nutrition, naturopathic support, of, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options. Simply call 866-712-HOPE. What a great word. 866-712-HOPE. Hope or 712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America is part of City of Hope and it uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Before we turn to today's pre-recorded interview, let's explain that you uh, you took this program on the road, didn't you? I did, my friend. I was at the National Religious Broadcasters Conference where I saw, of course, you there as well as so many other uh, respected, you know, broadcasters in media of Christian uh, radio, TV and etc. And it was uh, a great time. And I had the opportunity to uh, uh, interview this young lady that we're going to hear from today. And what a glorious experience and conversation this was. All right. Percy talks to us from Nashville, Tennessee. Well, hey, 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 it's me. I'm back with another compelling conversation about cancer and faith and hope, health, and wellness. And today I have an unbelievable uh, guest that I've met here at the NRB. You probably have, are noticing some noise in the background a little bit. We're live actually on the expo floor here uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. And today I have Kathy Branzell, who is the president of the National Day of Prayer Task Force but also a cancer survivor. And we're gonna talk about uh, her role with the National Day of Prayer. She's written a book, several books, one uh, entitled Invitation to Prayer. We'll talk about that. And we're gonna also get into her story of her journey with cancer and also the fact 
that she had a son who also has experienced cancer. Welcome to the show today, my oh, dear. Thank you for letting me be with you. What oh, a great invitation. Oh, it's it's a joy and a privilege and a pleasure. And you've got quite a bit to talk about as we kind of unpacked a little bit before we started recording. First, let's talk a little bit about the fact that you yourself, uh, and again, you had a brain tumor 14 years ago, is it? Fought it for 14 years. Let's talk so a little my, bit from about From diagnosis that. to healing, 14 years of fighting this tumor. Wow. So let's talk about the day you were told that you had cancer. Where were you and how did you feel when you heard those words? I was devastated. I was afraid because my son had been born in July and this was the 1st of November. Mm. Wow. And all I could think about was him. Yeah, yeah. And how could this happen now? And my, I did not ask, why me? Okay. I know that that's a lot, you know, sometimes that why. A lot just, of people do. Sometimes just the word why comes out. Yeah. Um, and, and God says, wait and see, mm. because he's a God of all seasons. Remember that. Yes, yes. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3. Yes. Um, but I just thought, why now? Yeah. So you get that diagnosis, you hear that information, you have a young child, et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, I would imagine then you have to process that. You have to kind of share that with your family, your husband. You have to unpack after you have to digest that. Right. You start treatment and care. Let's talk about your journey, some of the things that you had to do from a treatment perspective. We don't have mm. to go into a lot of detail. Okay. Let's let's help people understand what that path was and what did you do along the way. Right. Well, and it's interesting you use the word unpack. I would say, and 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 I think maybe even the ladies will understand this, but you're a traveling man. Yeah. You know, sometimes we pack <laughs> and then we unpack and then we pack and we unpack. Yeah. And and I really believe that that's part of the journey but you have to process it in prayer mm. because if you process it by yourself and it's just all these voices going on in your head and you don't talk to God Almighty and process with Him, it's an empty and scary conversation. Okay. So that's part of it. And then so listening to doctors, yeah. praying for wisdom, for treatment, uh, you know, how incapacitated, all the questions that we have, how is this going to affect, you know, yeah. um, and I uh, ended up in a study group ah. doing experimental chemotherapy. Okay. And that can be some harsh and nasty stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that can be definitely trying, to say the least. And uh, my audience is aware of the fact that I am also now going on a three years as a uh, early stage colon cancer survivor. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah. And so hearing that word and, and processing that and then unpacking that and then having to pack and unpack some more things as you so eloquently stated uh, is a process to say right. the least so you do that mm -hmm. uh, you go through your journey of clinical care right was there ever as a believer I ask this question often did you ever feel in conflict with being a woman of faith and also exercising medical clinical care because sometimes people of faith struggle with that a little bit mm. and feeling like am I really trusting God if I'm seeking the wisdom of a doctor in medical care, was that ever a conflict for you at all? Not, not for one minute. Okay. No. And when we, I know we want to talk about my son yep. and he put it eloquently at his diagnosis. So we'll wait and share that. But no, not for a moment because uh, our family believes in the miracle of medication okay. that God has given 
doctors and researchers wisdom yes that that he is the god of science science yes. only reveals god yes and 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 all that he has done and created and so no not for a moment we walk in faith yes with the medical community good praying for the medical community fantastic and again obviously i represent that school of thought but in 26 years I cannot tell you how many people I've had to minister to to help them understand the balance of that at the end of the day. Right. And I remind them that Luke was a physician. Thank you. Who was one of the disciples of Christ himself. So. Absolutely. <laughs> and the other thing I bet you had to minister to often, because boy, did I and had to deal with, is um, every person who is sick does not have unresolved sin in their life. That's so, you're that, right. It, cancer is not a result. <laughs> Um, God is not punishing you. Yes. Uh, and so that that is something else that needs to be said in this is, um, you know, if somebody's trying to drag you into the hospital ward of shame, uh, walk away. Probably the number one mistake that many well-intended believers make is associating sickness and disease with some sort of you were disobedient, you were out of the will of God, or right. you're being punished, right. and we need to quit doing that for That's sure. That's right. That's yes. right. Don't be one of Job's friends. No, we don't want to be one of those <laughs> friends at all. So thank you, and yes, you are correct. So here you are today, and, and I can say this, and respectfully, you look fantastic. Thank you. You would never think for a moment that you've ever had a hard, difficult 14-year trial or period of dealing with sickness and disease. You're kind. What, what what would you say were some of the things that allowed you to work and navigate through that process to get to this point today? Loving people. Wow. So I often say, nothing says I love you like a casserole. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, let me just speak to people who have friends who have just had a diagnosis or or any tragedy happen in their life, step in, don't step out. Don't be afraid that you're going to say something stupid mm. because you will. Okay. And then laugh about it. And then just say, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing here. This is something new for me, but I needed you to know I love you and I'm going to be on this journey with you. Amen. And so there were people in, in my worst days because uh, I went into remission um, it would never go away, but it would shrink, and then it would grow into a different part of my brain. For one period of time, we had just moved to a new state. Mm. It grew into my short-term memory. Wow. So I had my long-term memory. That's a different part of your brain. Yeah. But I had no memory of where we were, and, and you know, it was, it, it was such a trial, let me just tell you. But people stepped in, and they uh, did laundry and they cared for me so my husband could go to work and they had play dates with my children and whatever and they just said I love you in very practical ways and one of the neatest things that anybody ever did for us because I love Christmas and we do Christmas big is I had a group of friends come over who knew I had resolved myself in my weakness that we weren't going to decorate the house for Christmas. Okay. And they put up our Christmas decorations. Wow. That's how you get through this in prayer, in the Lord, and with people of love. And I often talk about this on this show, the faith community, being con being connected to a community of faith, yes. of people that then can surround you and love you because cancer is not an individual sport. Right. 
It is a community disease. Well it's, said. It's a family disease. And so when people of faith in our community can rally around and love up on those, it is a huge game changer. So That's I appreciate right. you making that it's point. It's an opportunity to love one another well. So let's transition. You made reference to it earlier. Let's talk about the fact that not only you have yes. now had cancer, but your son. Yes. And there, there's some pretty interesting and miraculous kind of things that took place in that. There were. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, let's unpack that. So I, after 14 years, five rounds of chemo, getting ready to um, give my life away, basically for the sake of science, there's nothing more they could do. We were going to do an experimental surgery. And right before that, I did receive a miraculous healing, yeah. and God took it. And that was in September of 2008. And then in October of 2009, my son was diagnosed with a very rare blood cancer. Wow. He was a junior in high school. Those are supposed to be the most fun years of your life, correct, right? Correct, I'd never go back to them. Yeah. But, you know, in their minds, you know, this is what the, the years they've been waiting for. And he gets that diagnosis. And it was, it was so interesting. Um, there he is, 16 years old, had lost his two best friends in strange deaths over wow. the summer. Wow. Was dealing with all of that psychologically. Now here he is, and we're sitting with the doctor, and he says, I'm so sorry to tell you, you have this very rare, very rare blood cancer. He said, but I'm going to do everything in my power. Okay to make sure that we try to extend your life. And my son's looking at him respectfully, and he looked down at the floor, and he looked over at me, and he looked back at, at the doctor, the very young doctor of a different faith, yes. and said, either way, I win. Wow. And the very young doctor of a different faith said, I, 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 I don't really understand what you're saying yeah, to me. Yeah, it boggled his mind, I'm sure. And he said, well, Doc, let me explain. He said, see, if God allows you, mm. by the miracle of medication, so that's what I want to say yes. when you asked about the medicine. Yes. If God allows you, by the miracle of medication, to heal me or extend my life, I win. That's great. He said, that, that'll be great. That'd be great. He said, but Doc? If it doesn't work, you need to understand, if I die, I get to go home and be with Jesus. Mm. And that's an even bigger win. Wow. He said, so Doc, just so you know, no guilt, but also for you, no glory. Wow. Because God, he said, Jesus, Jesus will get the glory no matter what, I win. And the doctor said, Chandler, I have no idea how to respond to you. <laughs> I'm sure. And, and Chandler said, that's okay, doc. Let's just watch and see what God does. Here's what's powerful about this, Kathy. Several years ago, probably 15 years ago, the Lord gave me a message because we have worship services inside of all of our hospitals at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Yes. And I was preaching a sermon one uh, Wednesday and I said, remember, don't forget, you're here in the hospital. Your doctors may get all of your cash, but God gets all of the glory. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. I uh, love it. Yes. And Chandler told him, he said, Doc, understand, 
my mom had cancer almost from the day I was born. He said, I've watched her for 14 years, and here's what I know, Doc. This is an opportunity for me to tell every person in every lab, in every infusion room, in every surgery, in every appointment about Jesus. And that, let them know that I am praying for them. This is an opportunity for us to walk out our faith, and it is not to my detriment. Wow. So with the few seconds, and we're going to do another segment, because I want yes. to talk about the work that you're doing and the fact that you've written several books. But one of the books that you've written that we want to talk about is Invitation to Prayer. Yes. Uh, in the closing seconds for this segment, and yes. then we'll come back and do another segment. Um what would you say to anyone that is listening to you right now who may be initially just being diagnosed with cancer and they're working through that unpacking, you know, they're trying to absorb right. the process and then they have to unpack. Right. Based upon your journey, mm. 14 years, right. your son's journey, here you are today looking, I don't know, I don't even know what the effervescent, you oh, look very so young. fresh and full of life and energy. Grateful. What would you say to anyone today who's being initially diagnosed for the first time, having been there yourself. And hear it with all the compassion in the world in my heart. Yes. This is an opportunity. Mm. This is a mission field. You are going to change lives. This is not something that's going to return void. And so start viewing it because remember, God is for you, not against you and start looking at it through heaven's view. Mm. He sees your end from your beginning. God numbers your days. And so start living these days for all that you can give him, and he will get the glory. And that's why we're here. Wow. Today, you have heard from Kathy Branzell. She is the president of the National Day of Prayer Task Force. She's written several books, one of which we will talk about in another segment called Invitation to Prayer. Uh, She had a brain tumor, fought 14 years, and I promise you, when you see her photo, when we send this out to you, you're going to say, this woman looks spectacular, and she does. Nothing but the glory of God is all over you, and that was an anointed word. Thank you for sharing with us today. Thank you for letting me. God bless, and we'll talk again real soon. You are listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Well, once again, that was Percy McCray, and that interview was recorded at the National Religious Broadcasters Conference in Nashville, Tennessee. It was great for you to spend that time with Kathy, uh, Percy, and she's going to come back next week for the second half of this interview. He absolutely is, and she's going to tell us a lot about her work that she does with the National Day of Prayer and how, um, and actually give us a historic lesson about that, so you won't want to miss that episode. All right, and we'll talk more about uh, this conversation with Kathy here in just a moment, but if you are concerned that you or someone you love may have cancer, consider reaching out to Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated Comprehensive Cancer Care Center, and reach out for personalized diagnostic services. Cancer Treatment Centers of America is part of City of Hope, and it's a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers that treats the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, or contact a member of the team with questions about your diagnostic and treatment options. The number is 866-712-HOPE. 
866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, Kathy's uh, quite, a, quite a lady. She has a lot of responsibility, too, doesn't she, Percy? She does, and she was fantastic to speak with Wayne, and obviously her backstory is amazing. Uh, being a 14-year, uh, you know, she battled and, and worked through the, sh- the struggle of being a 14-year brain tumor patient. Wow. And then coming out of that, uh, you know, then she transitions later on down the line and become the president of the National Day of Prayer. But in addition to that, her son also was diagnosed mm-hmm. with a rare blood cancer. And so when you put all of that into its context, and when you listen to this lady, her energy and her exuberance, you you are really astounded and, and looking at what God has done in her life, for yeah. sure. I think I've told you before that about 35 years ago, my own wife had a brain tumor, which turned yeah. out to be benign. But of course, you don't know that until the doctors mm. go in and perform surgery. And we were so grateful. But I can understand all the uncertainty and fear that comes into a person's life. And I think one of the things that I remember you telling me, Wayne, and, and you know, my dad has long-term, short memory loss uh, of from a brain injury mm. is the fact that that impacted your wife's vision. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, uh, depending on what part of the brain, you know, et cetera, it can have different implications on on what happens to one. But the fact of the matter is that's all very traumatic. And when one has to work through that, certainly uh, needing the support of their family and friends and obviously their faith. Uh, is important and being able to pray, which is the whole point of of, of what, what she does now as the uh, president of the National Day of Prayer is an important emphasis for us to remind everyone about at the yeah. end of the day. Well, hearing her talk about her son as well was very impactful to, uh, to learn the details of what's going on with that family and, and the faith that they exhibit. You know, and one of the amazing things, if 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 everyone will recall, was the fact that her son. You have to remember, he's what sixteen years old at the time, yeah, in high mm-hmm. school. Yeah, you know, basically looks his doctor in the eye, and the way Kathy expressed it, she said respectfully, uh, when his doc told him that that his treatment plan may not cure his cancer. He simply said, well, let's see what God does. And he said, but that lets you off the hook, doc, because uh, you get no guilt. But he said, but if I'm cured and healed, you also get no glory. <laughs> and I thought to have that type of presence of when I was 16 years old, yeah. I don't think I had that type. I of know I didn't know <laughs> spiritual presence of mind to be able to say that and to stand on uh, his faith. And of course, what Kathy shared with me off air when we ran out of time was the fact that now her son is in his late 20s, very much healthy, very much alive and well on planet Earth. So I guess uh, his doctor didn't get any credit, uh, but God got all the glory at the end of the day. <laughs> I love that. I really do. Well, another part of the conversation with Kathy that I took note of was the conversation you had with many people, and that is that there is uh, no conflict between faith and science when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, she was very emphatic. And you know, Wayne, that's a question that I typically ask uh, everyone, particularly who has a strong faith orientation, you know, did they struggle with that? And she, I mean, she didn't hesitate. She didn't pause. She said, no, not at all. At the end of the day, uh, she was very clear uh, that uh, she felt that God was uh, also in charge of science and that he is a gift from God and that they are a family that utilize and believe in the miracle of medicine. And so, uh, again, we want to continue to reinforce the notion 
uh, for some who still may struggle with the idea that science and faith and medicine and spirituality are not at odds with one with another and they're not mutually exclusive of each other. And she made that point very clear and yeah. very emphatically. And then there's that age-old question of why. Why do mm. I have to go through this? Why does God allow this? And Kathy talked about that. Well, the way that she responded, and I loved it, and I think this may be a topic, hint, hint, of a show that we may do somewhere okay. down the line is, according to the book of Ecclesiastes that says that there is a time and a season and a purpose for everything under heaven. And so she uses that scriptural basis to make the statement that God is the God of all seasons. And I love the way that she framed that and that every season and all seasons, God is in charge of those seasons. And so for her, she said that spiritual base for her allowed her uh, not to ask the question and for many to beat themselves up with hmm. on asking the question, why? Yeah. Why now? Why me? Why this? She said she never had that because uh, her foundation is rooted in the idea that God is the God of all seasons. And this was a season of her life that God was very much in charge of and that he would see her through. Yeah. Well, we learned so much from uh, your conversation with Kathy. I'm interested, though, this is your first time meeting her. What was the vibe talking to Kathy Brenzo? Yeah, well, you know, I was sharing with you before we actually started recording our, our, our post-commentary here that I found her energy, number one, to be just affectious. I mean, she was, when when you first met her, and, you know, she, she actually prayed for me when we were finished uh, doing these sessions. And, you know, as soon as we cut the microphone off, she grabbed my hand and she said, I want to pray for you right now. And I mean, <laughs> the prayer that she prayed over me literally gave me goosebumps. Wow. There was an energy there was a dynamic about her, a sincerity, uh, uh, an authenticity, as we've talked about uh, uh, on other shows, that left you feeling that not only was this a woman who had gone through tremendous travails and struggles, but that her faith was, was really the key that allowed her to walk through that, and that she was, as advertised, I'm a woman of prayer who prays for others and who believes in prayer, and I am a manifestation of prayer, and everything about her exuded that energy, that confidence. She was a breath of fresh air, my friend, to say the least. Well, I'm delighted that you had the chance to sit down with Kathy there at the NRB conference in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, there is part two, as we said to the conversation. Our listeners will hear that on the next release of our podcast, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. But also, uh, as you've pointed out, Kathy is the head of the National Day of Prayer. She's president of the task force, and the National Day of Prayer is coming up very soon. Absolutely. And so we're looking forward to, uh, and you won't want to miss the next uh, conversation because she's going to give us some real insight to the background of the of the National Day of Prayer and some things that many people may not have been aware of. Uh, but again, uh, that will be the, the totality of that discussion as Good. she continues to reinforce the idea of why prayer is important. And, and more importantly, in America, Prayer is not just a privilege, but it's also the law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The National Day of Prayer is has been designated by uh, by Congress. So just if you don't know, the National Day of Prayer is always the first Thursday in the month of May. Mm. So mark that on your calendar. There's always uh, local events and national events as well. And I hope you'll plug into those, the National Day of Prayer. Well, let's wrap up by going back to the scripture that we started this program with uh, before we heard from Kathy today. 
Yeah. Uh, last comment, you know, that I'll share about Kathy. She also wanted everyone to know that uh, cancer can be an opportunity to be a mission field. Oh, yes. And, right. to, and, and to keep your heart and your and your mind open to the opportunities of being able to be a blessing to others while you're working, working through that and, process. Uh, that was but no I, surprise to you, was it? Oh, not at all. I mean, again, she was very emphatic and she said, I wanted to say this with all of the compassion in my heart. But she wanted people to be encouraged around the idea of not looking at being a cancer patient as a victim, not mm-hmm. being victimized by the idea of that. Yep, I know you so see it that, as a mission field, too. Absolutely. And again, I, I, I'm walking that walk. And so I kind of did it in reverse. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I did this for many, many years, then became a cancer patient. But it helped to reinforce my mission field and to uh, uh, really ground me in the idea of why uh, God has allowed me to be able to do this. And I think for so many others that coming out of that experience, I simply have more to say with regard to the faithfulness of God, the hope of God, the love of God, and ideally what can be done beyond a cancer journey. So I absolutely agree with her on that. Okay, now the scripture. All right, as we close, we open with Luke 18, a very uh, popular, familiar verse of scripture, verse number one, and it says this, being Jesus, He spake a parable unto them to this end, that men and women, everyone, always ought to pray and not to faint. And today we've been talking to a woman of prayer about prayer who now leads our nation with regard to the National Day of Prayer. And we want to encourage everyone today to know that prayer is your right and your privilege. And it's part of the arsenal of being a believer today. And so we want to take uh, we want to make sure that we're using that. And that is part of our day to day experience as we go forward. You have a right to talk to God and you have a right to uh, share with him your needs, your wants and your desires. And God does hear us when we pray. Hmm. And again, we'll hear more from Kathy next week on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Percy McCray, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Percy, God bless you. Love you. See you next time. Yes, my friend. I got to go and do some prayers, man. So okay, with that, right. until the next time, uh, keep chopping the wood. We've got work to do, folks. Talk to you later. Bye. You've been listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific need. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.